0: Media is now part of the spotify exclusive team if you'd like to watch this episode and others uncensored and uncut click on the link in the description but we have a special guest here today darren price prince (laughs) for (laughs) some reason i always want to call you price
1: it's happened and people call me dennis for some reason well least
0: it's not that bad Mm -hmm. but you know uh thought leader speaker podcast host over 13 years clean I mean, I can go on and on, the marketing, everything. I mean, just amazing. Thank you for your time.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So you're you're from New Jersey, huh?
1: Born and raised in New Jersey, (laughs) grew up in Livingston from the time I was six, and I got smart and left for California, uh, I guess, about four years ago.
0: You had to get out of New Jersey, right?
1: I had to get out of New Jersey at the time.
0: We're both from Pennsylvania, too cloudy and dreary, and it's just, ah. I mean, what do you do? Yep. So let's start with aiming high. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, what made you want to write that book?
1: My dad passed away in 2017, and for years he was on me about writing a book about uh, you know my experiences with uh, the iconic athletes and celebrities I represent, mainly uh, Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier, uh, that we were able to uh, have the blessing of being a part of getting those two you know regal icons to reunite uh, before the 2000 NBA All-Star game. Me and my dear friend Harlan Werner. Who uh, represented Ali and bought me in on the Ali side in '95, and then I started working with Joe, and we made it happen. And I just said that you know, I, I, it's a private moment, you know. They, it's not something they ever wanted to, you know, share with the world. And uh, when when he passed, I started getting all these just incredible signs. At that point, I had about eight and a half years sober, and just by chance, I met my publisher Anna David on Instagram was in LA I went to meet with her we start talking like we're just like we're talking now and she goes your story is incredible your passion she's like the way you speak about recovery and you're so humble about what you've built as a career she goes why don't you write a book for my publishing company and uh, I was like I didn't even know you had one and she was also in recovery and she goes what you need to do is take people on the journey of the hell of 24 years of drug addiction to the beauty of, at that time, almost uh, 10 years in recovery and make the celebrity stuff a fly on the wall. And, that's and what, that was it. And, and you I did said, it. I go, that's it. That's it. That, that's the hook. And it and, took.
0: And you did it here. And, and you got it in yeah. Kindle, audiobook, hardcover. I mean, there's yeah. no way you can't not. Listen. There's a way to, to get to the book. Yeah. And w- when I was reading it, because I like to read it like the old school yep. newspaper. Exactly. I had to really, like, check, is this really Darren? Is this, is this Darren? You know, because in the beginning, you know, it's talking about you growing up, you know, you're 14, you're mm-hmm. going to, to. you know, I went to card shows. Yeah. What gave you the idea to start vending or, or shipping or, or how'd you do that at 14? So I,
1: I had a, I, I don't know if it was a, if it's the right wording, but I guess I had a little bit of a side hustle where. By the time uh, all my boys uh, were 13 or 14, cards became kind of like corny and not cool anymore, and out of style. And I had four different odd jobs. I was squeezing orange juice at a supermarket. I was a busboy at a diner. I was working a stock room at a sneaker store, and I was working at a Calabria's pizzeria in Livingston. And I just took all that money, and I would buy shoe for my friends of cards. On top of it. The ones that did collect, they loved like the Don Mattingly's, the Roger Clemens, the General Strawberries, the Carby Puckets, the Tony Gwynn's, but back then there was no Beckett. There was something called CCP, Current Card Price Guide, and it was a newspaper that came once a week, and that was the stock market for the card industry, and I noticed that these older, smelly-looking cards (laughs) that had players named Mickey Mantle, Joe DiMaggio, Babe Ruth they had them in their shoe boxes from their grandfathers their uncles and their fathers so i would give them the new ones for the old ones that were worth a ton of money uh-huh. and i was challenged by an intro to business teacher i'm still close with to, to to this day elliot Lovey. uh and i was a terrible student but something about business my dad was an entrepreneur made me feel comfortable really um, was something that I felt I could learn because I was classified with s- such a severe learning disability. So when he challenged us to all go home and create a business, I already had it in my mind. I just never executed. So, so,
0: so he pushed you and gave you the confidence. Yeah. And then maybe you didn't excel in school, but but for whatever reason, that interested you, right? And that was then it. Then now you're into sports at 14. Yep. And now you're, you're just tearing things apart. Yeah. And you're working all these jobs. Exactly. While everybody
1: else is... Going to school, doing whatever. They're all partying at a young age and having house parties on the weekend. And my dad, God bless him, you know, he knew that there was something very different, special about my brain, especially with numbers. I was like a statistical genius. I can tell everybody's batting average, RBIs. Um, I'd read the newspaper, and I noticed when I was in school that there was a big game at the yankees match or something. Everybody would be coming to me to verify or fact-check. <laughs> hey, how, what, what did uh, you know, Mattingly do last night, Prince? We got to ask Prince, and it made me feel oh, good about myself. Prince, you would
0: have been the best bookie ever.
1: Yeah, I know. I mean, I I know. mean you would have been the best earner ever. <laughs> I, yeah. You would have been captain <laughs> in no time. <laughs> this
0: episode is brought to you by Fiji. More than just water.
1: This is not just rock. It's ancient volcanic rock. That filters tropical rain, giving it double the electrolytes and its signature soft, smooth taste. It's not just water. It's Fiji water.
0: Again, that's Fijiwater.com slash mscs five dollars off and free shipping this episode is brought to you by let's get checked i want to talk to you guys out there who are working out all the time but aren't seeing any results your commitment isn't the issue you're going to the gym all the time different body parts everything else before you go and buy a new supplement try a new diet new routine let's talk about your testosterone low testosterone can affect anyone at any age And low testosterone will take away muscle mass and you'll gain body fat. So let's talk about today's sponsor. Let's get checked. They're the worldwide leader at home testing kits. You order the testing kit. It's delivered right to your house. to discreet packaging, next day delivery. You send it back. Once it arrives in the laboratory, your results will be available in two to five days on your secure online account. So if you want to test your testosterone levels without leaving your home, visit TRY. Lgc.com slash mscs and use the code mscs at checkout and get 30% off. The link is in the description at the top.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you ain't kidding. And, um, so I told my dad, I'm like, look, I got to create this business. I need insurance. And, uh, He thought I was a little nuts. He goes, for your cards? And I said, yeah. I said, I need about eight or nine. And he goes, all right, I'll call homeowners in the morning in case we ever have a flood. I'll get you a thousand dollars worth of insurance. And I said, no, dad, eight or 9,000. So now (laughs) his head is spinning. How does his 14-year-old son have eight or nine grand worth of cards? Mm -hmm. We sat down. He goes, where can you sell them? Um, I said, it's funny you should ask. I ran back upstairs, grabbed this big newspaper ad like this big. And two weeks later at the Holiday Inn in Livingston, there was a card show. For twenty bucks, I was able to get a table, and I worked every day after school on having the perfect display cases. I invested in the beautiful cases, like the gold ones, the silver ones. He owns a typesetting and design company and a mail uh, order coupon company, and uh, he let me his typesetters design the most perfect sign. So I knew that I was going to have the most beautiful six-foot display.
0: Oh, you had you had every angle it could be. You had. Yeah. Their parents, they were entrepreneurs like crazy. Yeah. They supported you. Yeah. Then they had their own way of winning and negotiating. Then you had your way, too. I mean, you were just set to go boom.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
0: then you took off and then pull up his book again. Because, you, you see, when you look, you think of, you know, okay, you know you know all these celebrities. But that story you just told, you would never think that. No. You know? And, and that's what's so amazing about this book. And how did you get Magic Johnson involved in this?
1: Book? So... After the baseball card business blew up, I sold it. Um, blew up for the better. I sold that company, Prince of Cards, in uh, 1989, and I got involved in booking autograph signings. And uh, to me, that was just cool, sexy, fun. You're getting to hang out with all these great, you know, celebrities and network and schmooze. And I built that business up. But Magic, Joe Frazier, Chevy Chase, um, who else was there? Um, I think Larry Bird at the time. They were all booking their autograph signings through us. And uh, without getting into it in the book, I got into a little bit of legal trouble, probably around 94, 95. That basically was like one of those moments in life where, uh, like Magic said, you're going to make a a lemonade out of lemons. And my dad, again, we were in Alaska fly fishing. I took like the last three grand I had to my name, and he was an old school Jewish guy. He didn't want me spending (laughs) the money, but I knew (laughs) this was a trip that we needed. And uh, literally out on the stream fly fishing. And he looked over at me and said, What's your next move? You're going to go back into the business? You want to do cards again? You want to do the memorabilia signings? I said, ah, Dad, you know what? I, um, I didn't know the word was haters at the time. I'm like, You know what? It's just life is funny. When you're on top, everybody wants to be there, but you find out who your real friends are when you're struggling.
0: Isn't that funny, A- right? A- yeah. And when you have everything, everybody wants to hang out every, Everybody wants you. to be around And you. then when you have a dollar, nobody's around. But right. then as soon as you get it back again, everybody just Everyb- run into a- you.
1: Everybody comes back. And again, the reason I sent my dad to my rescue, because I was like, you know, I think I want to be an agent, yet, but I just don't have eight years to go to law school. And he dropped his fishing pole and he looks over at me. I have this <laughs> tour guide with us. He goes, law school? <laughs> what the heck do you need to go to law school for? I go, I thought I need to be a lawyer to be an agent. He goes... Darren, life is about who you know, not what you know. There's not an entertainment lawyer in Hollywood, in New York City, anywhere in this earth that wouldn't kill for your connections. Your dad's a beast. Yep, man. and um, that was it. I he goes, why don't you talk to Magic? He knows about making mistakes. It was a few years after the HIV announcement. And uh, I bet he might consider letting you represent him. And it was a month later, I was in Michigan with them, and we had to talk and he told me words that changed my life forever. He's like... I'm gonna give you two years to become my agent, but if you don't use me to knock down every door to bring in all the celebrities you can to the agency, I'm gonna fire you before the contract is up. Because life is a, not about how successful I become, Darren. It's how successful I make you and everybody else around me. It's a domino effect, so remember that.
0: And look at look at Magic. Look at what he's got. Yeah. Yeah. He's got everything. Yeah, yep. He's the man. Now, when when you were doing the autographs at yep. about 20, right? You yep. started doing that. Yep. Now, how do you? How can you tell? Can you give us three tips? So if I look at an autograph mm-hmm. and I, I, you know, I buy it from you, right? Yeah. What's three things to look at that, that would tell you that sticks out in your mind that this is fake, not maybe fake, or this is definitely Well, real
1: ironically, thing. the ones that I was selling were authenticated by supposedly the holy grail of forensic document experts who was involved in the whole scheme. Oh. Okay. Nowadays, you've got JSA, you've got PSA, you've got Beckett, um, you've got, you know, Legit companies that really know what they're doing. Um, back then, I think it was just a lot more difficult to to know because if a player is signing two, three hundred, 300, 400, 500 items, they're all human. Something isn't going to flow right. Something's yeah. going to look different. They're going to get writer's cramp. The pen isn't going to... You know hit the basketball or the baseball or the photo or the jersey right and it just happens i just kind of knew from being around all my guys and girls we had pamela anderson too back then i knew what everything kind of needed to look like to to even be close to to passing but i mean forgeries in any line of work or any industry where they're everywhere i
0: just remember my dad used to take me and like you know we would save up to get like a Ken Griffey Jr. card. Yep, the 89 upper deck. And they'd deck. have 10, yeah, 89 upper deck, yep. Right. And they'd have 10 of them. Yeah. And everyone looked different. I never thought about what you said. How if he signed 300 of them and he yep. switched pens?
1: Yep. yep. And
0: I have to do this. AJ will kill me. Yeah. I, I need a story about Pamela Anderson.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I saw AJ yesterday. He came <laughs> to meet my girlfriend. Yeah. Um, so pam let me let me think so and then we'll get right back we first. we okay. were uh we were at the tyson franz both the fight you can actually see me sitting ringside if you watch that on youtube with chuck zito me chuck natalie Rattano, a co-star from vip came with us and oh, uh she was just a she was actually a closet like sports fan really and muhammad ali was there and she knew that i worked with them and It was just so difficult to get over to the other side of the room because it was just such a celebrity frenzy. And she was always just bombarded. I mean, she was the Marilyn Monroe of the generation back then. And uh, it was funny because she's like, you know what? I don't want to bother him. He looks a little, you know sluggish and it's kind of hard to get over there and it's okay let's just go to the after party and if you can get me a signed photo that would be amazing <laughs> so at the time i got it i got got her a signed photo i used to get her and tommy lee like signed stuff from like magic and they loved it They I thought tommy them. lee was the
0: coolest guy in the world
1: yeah tommy was a good dude you know i've I watched part of that docu series, and you know, I, I uh, some you know a lot of inaccuracies. I would say because they were really, really good people. Yeah, I really mean, good people.
0: It's like they they always have to exaggerate it for the ratings. Yep. You know, but I to me they looked like the happiest relationship in Hollywood. Yeah. And then that stupid video came out, and he exactly. went to every little place in the world, and finally found a little closet. Exactly. I guess if that's even true, yep. to do anything.
1: Yep.
0: So now you're 20. So now you kind of get bored with the autographs because yep. you want to be an agent. Yeah so then what happened
1: so the agency started in i'd say about 1995 that's when i had that talk with magic and um you know i came out just like a lunatic just signing everybody up that i booked signings for and then other people and everything was about a leverage you know one to get to the other and you know you know starting to build up corporate resources that would say hey we want to hire magic johnson for a keynote or for this and uh this promotion and i'd be like no this is this is great and you know we'll get you his quotes and his rates and everything but why don't you also consider X, Y, and Z because I realized that even now more than ever it's not really about the talent you represent you got to get in with the brands that are writing the checks then you can find any celebrity that you need Right. Okay. so huh. I knew that That was eventually really going to be the core of the business. It wasn't just about having the Larry Bird's and the Magic Johnson and the Hulk Hogan's and the Ric Flair and the Joe Frazier's and the Evil Knievel's that I needed to establish the relationships with the brands on a personal level just as well as I did with my celebrities because people do business with people they like.
0: What what's a negotiation tip you could give? Because you know, I've seen how much you negotiated. Yep, yep. I mean, you're one company right now two hundred million. That's, I think right so now I think that's an old bond. That's uh, an old yeah, one. You know, I mean, congratulations. That, yeah. I'm not just yep. you know money's money. Yep. Who cares? Yep. But you know, congratulations.
1: Well, we don't get all of it though, guys. We're kind of pretending. Yeah. When
0: I had an engineering firm, yeah. we did part of the breakers. Yeah. It, it had that four hundred million thing. Yeah. Well, after you pay everybody, yeah. believe me, there's not even one million left. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank God, in we that job. Yeah. thank yeah. God we got more than that you know? um, good for you but, but I mean, that's I why think, I'm asking you how to yeah, negotiate yeah i <laughs> i I mean, I think it's just gotta be fair on both sides um in my business, when different brands come to us for clients, keynote rates are usually pretty much set, everybody has their rates going into a keynote or a personal appearance. It's the bigger opportunities like the endorsements, the commercials, the social media posting, the um satellite media tours and we just. My office is funny. I've got four guys back in Jersey. I've got my two girls and uh, two of my guys in LA. And I taught everybody, look, give them a range. Keep like,
0: it up, Prince Marketing. Yeah. I, I, I said, <laughs> give them it's a range. real simple. Give them. It's a range.
1: not going to be as low as ten thousand. <laughs> But it's not going to be half of them either. <laughs> and then that way you just put it right on them. What a move! Give yeah. them a range, right, yeah. and yeah. then let them pick. That's And it. then
0: you go. You can negotiate. You down can negotiate for that. from
1: there because you never want to negotiate against yourself either. I mean, we're not looking to gouge anybody, but at the end of the day, if they come in short and they don't understand the value and and, and what that celebrity can do to raise awareness for their brand, product, or service, you're probably going to be done before the negotiation even starts because. Sometimes they just throw numbers out without having any clue.
0: You know Whatever. what I, I noticed, like, in this little podcast thing? So, say you want, um, let's just say Jamie Foxx, right? Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, before Jamie Foxx, like, I know you know but just as an example, there's 17 guys before Jamie Foxx. Yeah. So, Jamie Foxx might say, oh, you know what? I like that that event. I'll go there for five grand. Yep. Well, then this guy taxed on two grand, two grand, two grand. By the time he gets out to here it's 50 grand to get them in when you know and that's just amazing how that works
1: yeah i mean i'll tell you another thing too in our business um you know we really haven't done much with search engine over the years we tried it but we have a lot of agencies that actually bring us branding deals now for the brand and um so we have to be careful on that too because sometimes when there's too many hands on it there's not enough money left in you know, if you think about it, if that agency is dealing with another agency for the brand, now we're automatically getting a deal that's twenty to thirty percent less, and a lot of opportunities don't happen because of it. Yeah.
0: So take take pull up uh, Prince Marketing, Rob. Yep. Next one, the the celebrities. Yep. yep, celebrities. Yep. So now you have you have all these celebrities here, and then when I went to services, yep. Go to our services, Rob. Look at all the stuff that you have. I mean, that's some. Um, Rob, read some of them.
1: So we got. Print advertising and commercials, casino and nightclub appearances, licensing and product endorsements, trade show appearances, corporate appearances, motivational speaking and charity events, autograph signing, celebrity sponsored tweets, TV book deals, public relations, social media management, content creation, and video production.
0: Is there anything you don't do? (laughs) No, I mean, I'll I'll
1: tell you, I was talking to Steve Simon, who's been my dear friend since I was 10. Um, he did the first baseball card show with me when we were fourteen. We're like the website can't needs so many news stories updated, <laughs> but thank God, knock on where we're so busy we just haven't had time. Yeah, you know.
0: Now you're dealing with all these celebrities, right? Yeah. And you're coming up. Now, at what point does does the the sobriety? W- at what point does the drug use get really out of control?
1: Some my f- my first experience with drugs, first off, was fourteen at sleepaway camp, a nurse gave me. A liquid that tasted like nasty-ass cough syrup and uh, I went back to the bunk again I'm this shy introverted not comfortable in my own skin so-called learning disabled guy and that green liquid uh introduced me to the world but by the time I got back to the bunk the world got introduced to me And and I had no idea what it was But I'm flying. I'm the popular one, the talkative one, the funny one, the good-looking one, the buff one. I went to the bunk next door and started flirting with girls for the first time in my life. And again, I'm not thinking anything of it. I'm 14. She just gave me something that made me feel out of sense of self. And the next day, I did all my activities, and that next night there was no stomach pain, which is why she gave me this green liquid, but I lied to the counselor. I did that for three weeks every day and found that I was taking liquid Demerol when my mom and dad came up for visitation day. And, um, you know, that was it. I mean, I was off to the races. Like, I knew I needed to get whatever that was in my system. And, uh, you know, it turned out, I'd say mostly that opiates were uh, the biggest problem, especially once I became an agent because I had morality clauses. So I had to stay away from illegal drugs. And then I did everything in my late teens and early 20s. But the opiates, because I had... Legitimate sciatica from stress. Doctors would give me anything I need. I'd put him on the phone with a Magic, or I'd get him a Magic Jersey or Hulk. Yeah, Hulk Hogan. We'd get on the phone, or Joe Frazier would actually come to the doctors with me sometimes because he's always worried about my. So they see that, and they're like, "Yeah." And um, so at one point, I kind of I kind of put it like this. I say this when I speak. That was once living to use turned out to using to live, and I don't know where it went bad, but you know that, that, said again. That, that was, that was, was what that was once um living to use turned out to using to live and uh opiates oxycontin and vicodins were no longer my best friend they became my kryptonite and um i mean i did anything i could to just i guess not go into a detox state and, i mean i'm snorting i'm, I'm putting one under my tongue because as a good junkie like myself knows that if you put it know, through your mouth and you swallow. It. You got to deal with your digestive system, but you put it under your tongue, and it goes right through the bloodstream and hits the brain right away. And um, you know that the end was, you know, probably two years before I got clean. Um, you know, an overdose in Las Vegas. And yeah, can um, you take
0: me through that? Well, take take me through what happened in Las Vegas. So I
1: was in Las Vegas for NBA All Star Game weekend, had a horrible case of bronchitis, and I was there with my. My now ex-wife and when I had bronchitis, somebody like me would get excited because I can get a doctor to come to the room, and give me Tussin. my favorite cough syrup in the world, which is a strong, strong opiate-based cough syrup. And he wrote a prescription for about a hundred Vicodin's, that's antibiotics. I went to the pharmacy to pick it up and I called her up. I said, Hey, I'm getting ready to go out. I had a client that had a big lunch event, I ordered me three vodka, rebel, and cranberries. And I went back to the room. I finished about half the bottle of the Cough syrup. I chopped up probably four or five pills and snorted them, and uh, down went two drinks. And you know, I thought I was good, man. And then, literally within like three minutes, it was like, bam! Like this huge weight just like hit my chest, and I went down to the ground. My chest is uh feels like it's it's ready to explode. I'm sweating my balls off. She's panicking. I'm looking up at the sky. God, don't take me. I don't know what the hell I just did. I promise I'll never do it again. And. Paramedics came and uh, they put an oxygen mask on my face, EKG machines everywhere, needles in both arms, and literally, bro, all I'm doing is don't take me, don't take me, I'll never do this again. And um, I, obviously, I never made it out that night, but uh, when I went to bed, I woke up at 3 in the morning. And uh, this is the sickest part. I went into the bathroom to look at myself, I got bags under my eyes, I'm bloodshot. I look 20 years older than I am now. I said, what is wrong with you, you sick bastard? You know, you got all this, you got the most amazing life. Like, who does that to himself? And with that, I put out five more of the the Vicodins. I chopped them up. I snorted them. And I washed them down with the rest of the cough syrup because. To me, it was the vodka, up and cranberry that caused the overdose.
0: It was the, but that that's what caused the overdose. So you yeah. thought, well, if I take that out, I'll be all right if I do yep. it this way. Yep. yep. So I got
1: zooted again, and that was the definition of insanity, expecting different results while doing the same thing over and over again.
0: And then when was it that, that you hit rock bottom? Like, because you know, like everybody has a different type of rock bottom. For you, when was it? I, I know yep. you talk about it in your book, but I'm mean, when was that moment where you were like, that's it? I'm completely done. Yep. july what was it july
1: 2nd Ju- yeah Ju- Ju- july 2nd so on july 1st my late uncle Stu passed away it's last september that. Th- thank you aj and i were talking about him yesterday um he was the original king of Miami. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> that's where all my isms and oh, so character that's the truth. That, came that's
0: from. That's the truth, Rob. Yeah. That's the yeah. truth. Yeah. Uh-oh, you just so, gave it away. So so, so, <laughs> f- so,
1: married and divorced four times. I was the most beautiful woman and very successful down here in real estate. And um, <laughs> so he and his same girlfriend, Andrea, at the time, they were visiting my mom in New Jersey. And I was just done. Steve in my office and everyone's trying to figure out um, – what, you know, what they can do with me. And I didn't want to go to rehab. My ego was too big. I can't be away for 30 days. And so Steve and I had a plan to go to like a resort by myself and, you know, just shut it down for a week and detox literally thinking that's actually going to work. And, um, she just showed up with my uncle. I never met her before, bro. And I said to her, um, you know, I I told her exactly what was going on. She looked at me and she goes, you don't look good. Never met me before. How do you know I don't look good? And I told her, and I spilled my guts. I was accountable. I, I, I had full disclosure of everything out of my life. And she goes, this is amazing. She goes, so you're confessing that you have a problem? I said, yeah. She goes, you realize your life is powerless and unmanageable? I said, yeah. And she goes, do you realize you have a disease? I said, yeah. She goes, most importantly, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you realize that the disease addiction does not discriminate? It doesn't matter if you're from Yeller, or jell Park Avenue or Park Bench because this and all this stuff doesn't mean anything because you don't mean anything to yourself and that broke my soul and i started to cry and um i said yeah and she goes it's okay she goes or you want to do anything it takes because i can show you a life behind your wildest dreams but you got to listen to me about everything and i said yeah i said i'm desperate and she put me on a detox plan on that 36 hour. It was Sunday night, July 2nd, 7 p.m. And I was living in the Caroline building in New York City. I came back from the gym. I'm going through all the crazy detox, the vomiting, the upset stomach. Squats. I can't hold food down. Uh. Now, mind you, at the time, I was detoxing from Ambien, Suboxone mood stabilizers anxiety meds um <laughs> <did they> else? <laughs> uh, 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 yeah and and then and, and, you know probably drinking a couple of days a week just to deal with the the cravings do and you
0: think marijuana is a gateway drug into that like like when you look at marijuana do you think that's a gateway drug you know how people always say that i mean just out of your case, you know mm. your...
1: i'll hold the thought on this one so basically I had a talk with one of my big recovery advocate brothers yesterday. No, I mean, I've had some mothers upset at me at high school speeches. I have no problem with with people if they take it for the purpose that they need to take it. If I had kids, are you kidding me? That over Xanax, Ritalin, Adderall, Valium, 150%. Yeah, that's what I was asking. Uh, You know, so so back to to July 2nd, I I wound up... um, you know, I came back from the gym, I called them up and I said, I can't do this anymore. I got to call the freaking doctor and get what I really need to get. And my uncle picks up the phone and says, it's enough of this bull crap, Darren. You got to put your ego aside already and get yourself to a 12 step meeting. I've been watching you since you were a little kid in these behavioral patterns. And, um, I said, I can't do it. I've been to those stupid meetings. So there's no way. And I hung up the phone. Ran into the bathroom, locked the door. My then wife, who obviously experienced other overdoses, is panicking, screaming, banging on the door, baby, don't do it. She uh, shouldn't know if I was going to try to kill myself or overdose. And I'm going through all the medicine bottles to find a couple of non-narcotic anxiety pills to help with the cravings. And out came three Vicodins, two, two Vicodins out of one of the bottles, which was shocking because we knew we cleaned every medicine cabinet out. like We checked it two, three times when Andrea said, you can't have any opiates in the house. And um, it seemed like a gift from God because I was so freaking excited and in need of it. But man, the miracle happened because people talk about those white light moments and I had it because I fell on my knees and I screamed like I never did before. Take the money, take the notoriety, take the business. I can't do this anymore. I need yep. a single day of freedom. I said, if you take me out of hell, I will spend one day at a time the rest of my life taking others out with me. And I mean, every time I tell this story, the hair, the chills because this lightning bolt felt like it just went right through my right shoulder and i heard a voice that i've got you and you're ready and um i stood up and it wasn't me and this hand had those vicodins and went right in the toilet and i flushed it i went right to a computer i found a 12-step meeting there was no uber back then in a church in the upper 80s On this gorgeous summer night, I'm sitting in this taxi looking up at the sky of July 2nd at about 7.30 at night. And I said, holy crap, for the first time in my life, I wanted to stay sober more than I wanted to ever get high. And I walked into this church basement, bro, with about 150, 200 addicts and alcoholics who were all once in a hopeless state of mind. And the leader said, is anybody new coming back or um, at risk of relapse? I believe it was God that lifted my hand because this hand went right up. And I said, my name is Darren. I'm sick. I'm suffering. I've got a great life and I don't know why I keep doing this to myself. Uh, I don't want to live anymore and I'm hoping you guys can help me. And, um, it was incredible because I stepped out of the imposto syndrome for the first time in my life. The so so-called super agent was a fraud. And I heard, people say things that just blew me away. I had about a dozen spiritual brothers and sisters that never met me came over. They gave me a hug, they gave me support. They said, it's easier to stay in these rooms than it is to come back. If you want what we have, then do what we do. Take the cotton out of yours, put it in your mouth. And then they said, we're going to love you before you ever learn how to love yourself. And you're going to get through this. And um, I felt something I never felt in my life another group of humans called Connection. It wasn't from Magic Respectfully or Hulk or Joe or anybody, but these people were sharing during that hour and I heard myself in almost every single one of them. And now my addiction became meetings because I knew it was life and death. I knew that I heard from my eventual sponsor, Steve DeLaValle, I love so much, he just celebrated I think 36 years, that um, this has to come first. Nothing comes before it. You saw what I had to do to my schedule to get here today because I know we're going to help at least one person. Yeah, And, um, you know, you have to put the same effort and energy into your recovery that you put into using. Because I know if it was 1 o'clock in the morning and there was a blizzard out and the pharmacy was open... but you better believe I'm yeah, going to get get right. out of my house and get, and it. get there. It doesn't and, matter what and, you and, have and, to do And get it. there. Or back in the illegal partying days, I'm <laughs> going to go get you know whatever I need to get for me and my boys to freaking party our ass off during a snowstorm. I mean, I did it, I lived it. And um, so all these little nuggets I kind of took with me and I learned about the five A's attitude adjustment, accountability, action, and acceptance. And I rolled them up in a ball and I put them into my heart and my soul. And slowly but surely, I worked on the steps, and one day at a time, this guy started to become whole. This guy started to go back into a time machine to reconnect with why I felt inadequate, why I didn't have the courage to speak up, Um, what would I have done differently? And one day became a week, a week became a month, a month became a year, and then eventually I learned from Steve and other spiritual brothers and sisters, if I want to keep this gift away, I better give it away to other people.
0: It sounds like you found Darren again you found darren again yeah. and, and with your brothers around you and your sisters around you they helped you realize that and then once you loved yourself again boom that it was on
1: that was it i mean I, I i tell people all the time uh jay shetty's a dear friend i spoke to him on saturday we caught up for a while and he still talks about our interview and all the messages we both get from that podcast and you know we talk about finding our our, our purpose from our pain and um you know, I, I'll, I'll tell you what I've said in every podcast. You know, if I lost the business, like, I love the success. I love the fact that of what we've built the past 29 years, um, I love the fact that it allows me to take care of people. Um, you know, I've got a staff of eight or nine, uh, take care of my mom and my sister. All my friends will always tell you I'm super generous. That would be the most heartbreaking part. That wouldn't have the ability to do that. But if I moved into a, a, a apartment half the size of this studio, you just give me a TV and a bed and a refrigerator, I'm good, because yeah. I found me. Yeah,
0: you, I found. You love you. You're fine.
1: I found me, and yeah. here, and it's not about the expensive cars anymore and the Rolexes, because I could buy any of that. But that's what makes me happy. What makes me happy is knowing that he's listening and you're listening, and when this thing airs, I can guarantee you, we're gonna save a life you know i w- wasn't blessed to have kids i think uh you know too much steroid abuse you know when i was younger and the opiates and that's okay because i told my mom and dad my dad was alive my mom's still here i was like you know what i said i think god's calling for me would just help save other mommy and daddy's kids with hmm. this, like this gift that he gave me
0: and darren when when you're in your addiction it's, it's in the book and it's important and it relates to something you were hanging out with Dennis Rodman. And mm. Dennis Rodman was sober. Yeah. But you weren't. Nope. And you kept What, where were you hiding it from him?
1: Yeah, I was hiding. I mean, he always knew there was an issue with the pills his was his was drinking. And um I didn't want to hear it from him. I remember you know, we're on a plane right back from the UK with Celebrity Big Brother. We pulled an all nighter at Stringfellas and I literally I'm not even kidding. I think he was drinking ginger ale and he had to wake me up in the morning and ironically we we just got on the plane and who's Two aisles still left us Muhammad Ali and his sure. wife Lonnie. It was just crazy. We're like, yeah, that Dennis like, you know, always loved being around him, and he got down on one knee and kind of paid the respect, and Muhammad looks at me like this, like Dennis is mm-hmm. crazy. It's, yeah, I mean, I, I had a lot of different stories. You know, um, you know, Hulk. You know, there was times that he told me he was worried about me, magic, and I had a heart to heart. You know, a couple years before it happened, but I hid it from so many people. I mean, to this day. I literally have groups of friends that are like I had no idea like they see me then and they see me now and they think there's so many similarities to the personality I was like that's okay because I had imposter syndrome it's in here and in here that I know I had a job 180
0: that I was was just like you I had a job before I had work at T-Mobile I lost everything Mm. you know I I had everything the cars the whole nine and that's when I realized who cares about all that stuff I I had I was working at T-Mobile So I started drinking alcohol, and I was drinking at work. Now vodka, right? No, but now everybody's around me. Yeah. Now they know I'm drinking. I'm hiding it, you know, when they're not looking. I'm putting it in the the cell phone thing, and I'm quick drinking it. And I keep telling myself, "They don't know. They don't know." And they're like, "Hey, look, we're we're worried about you. We're worried about you." Yeah. You know, and and that it can happen to anybody, of course. And 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 that's just it's crazy. And when you sit there and you actually believe that these people don't know, like you get you like lie to yourself enough to believe. That in your situation of mine, I have a fifth of vodka, cheap Vladimir yeah. vodka for yeah. five dollars, yeah. and I think that the guy that's standing right next to me and the customer customer across from me can't smell the vodka, yeah. and I actually believe it because I have a in. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, of course <laughs> that that that's typical for you know somebody with uh, alcohol uh, dependency, a hundred percent. The other thing with me though too was a lot of these individuals, especially coworkers, were dependent on me, so they're also a little timid about speaking up about me having a problem because nobody wants to, you know, be at risk yeah. of, God forbid, getting fired.
0: Yeah. Uh, can you go back to uh, Darren's main website? Your main website's great. It, okay. And it, it's so great. So can you take us through this a little bit, Darren?
1: That was a speech up in Long Island. Uh, I think it was you know, maybe three, 400 kids. It was right around the time the book came out. Um I had some incredible experiences there when the book came out. I uh, I spoke to 4,000 kids a couple of weeks ago in New Jersey. I've got a whole box of letters the principal said coming to me from the kids, which wow. is just the most incredible thing. But this one, um, it was the day before. It wasn't actually this photo, but I think it was about 3,000 kids, big auditorium. And when I was done, this kind of big, awkward type of kid um, stands up during the Q&A. His hands up like this. And he's looking down. I said, hey, sir. I said, how are you, young man? And he goes, I'm okay. I got a question for you. And I appreciate, um, you know, you sharing with Mr. Prince your story. But, you know, I'm drinking. I'm smoking weed. I'm taking pills out of my mom's medicine cabinet. I'm getting real angry. He's a big dude. I mean, probably 14, 15 years old, maybe 6'4", 6'5", 300 pounds. And um, he's like... But I'm here to tell myself because I don't like the way I'm behaving huh. and I could not believe you know I've had a one of the best speech coaches my guy Jeffrey Davis just said sometimes the best thing to do is just let the emotions flow when it happens and don't fight and I'm literally up there with tears and I was like oh my god this is like just unbelievable so I took a deep breath and I said young man there's two words I have for you right now I said there's two words that I'm thinking are I wish I wish at your age that I had the courage that you had to stand up in front of this auditorium in front of thousands of kids because you just changed the trajectory of so many other classmates to know that they're not alone. And um, I said, when I'm done here with the Q&A, can you please come up? I have a few extra copies of the book. I'd love to you know, have a few more words with you. He was done. He came over, gave me a hug. The next day, I get a call from the principal and said... Um, that was magical that that individual lost his dad six months ago. Oh. I lost my dad a year earlier. That individual has a severe learning disability. On the, what, he identified what? with your story. He's like, the mother said she's never seen him read a book. When she went to wake him up for school this morning, the bedroom light was on all night. The book was open on his chest to the last five or ten pages.
0: So he was basically you as when you were a kid. Yeah. Wow. What a connection, huh? Mm-hmm. And in this big world of millions and millions of people, it, it's, I mean, it, it's, that's amazing. I mean, I, I,
1: I call those my God shots, my GMCs, my God managed coincidences, because that's the thing that ever gets old. I mean, you know, business is great, and we love the excitement of it, but you can't you can't put a price on that.
0: What was the first biggest thing that happened that you said I'm going to go start speaking?
1: Um, Well, I was asked. uh, 2015, the New Jersey Mental Health Association actually emailed the Rehab Turning Point that was on the board of advisors, and they um, they asked if I would be the honoree for mental health uh, their their mental health gala, and it was funny because I didn't even know where that speech (laughs) was, but I knew nothing about speaking. I just winged it, and I'm sure it was complete crap. (laughs) The first real one was Turning Point when they item for the first annual hope and recovery award and oh, that was after that was thank you and my dad was already oh. gone at that point and um, i i being around some of the greatest goats of all time in their sport i you know i remember joe montana in a keynote i booked for him one time said that bill walsh taught them if you fail to prepare prepare to fail
0: oh. and
1: that was the 49ers mo yep. every season and uh I mean, six, seven months, my office was going nuts. I'm literally friggin' <laughs> doing FaceTime with my speech coach. I'm in and out New York City. I'm talking in the shower. I'm talking by myself. I'm watching body language <laughs> because, you know, I realize that, you know, this, 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 with great, you know, as they say, I think of Spider Man, with great power comes great responsibility. I'm like, I can't, I can't go up there and wing this. I got to go up there and people need to just feel everything through my pores and i need god to be working through me because if he could work through me and i'm doing the work he's been wanting me to do we're going to get to a lot of people that night and we did it it was just magical and then um, i started working with banning treatment centers down here i think they have eight properties my dear friend joe tuttle they have 14 properties now and i've got my own call center number for people that need treatment uh, that can't afford it. I also my own foundation, named High Foundation, where we raise funds to get people into treatment. I mean, these are all the blessings that come of it.
0: What do we do about mental health? I, I think that's such a big deal, and, and I don't think it's addressed correctly here in America.
1: It's not, and and, and I'll. Tell you, I'm glad you brought it brought it up in that phrase because this isn't just about addiction. You know, it's there's always an underlining issue of mental health that causes the self-destructive, addictive behavior in addicts and alcoholics. And again, it's the same thing, man. It's speaking up. It's having the courage to understand you're not alone. And if you speak up and and, and get that help you need, it will be the greatest thing you've ever done for yourself. Um, but,
0: Darren, how do you speak up? So, you know, you want to speak up, but maybe you, you're, your girl might find out that, you know, you, you have a little bit of something wrong or one of your boys might find out, like... How do you get that, when you're speaking to these kids, how do, you, how do you get them to speak up? Whether it's addiction or mental health, and maybe you just need a, a therapist.
1: Well, it, it, it could be a therapist. It could be a guidance counselor, teacher, friend, colleague, sister, brother. Um, you, know, you know, there's so many areas on the internet that you can go. If there's somebody that preaches on that, talks about that on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok, whatever it is, DM them. Send a message. You know, you're going to get through to somebody. Somebody's going to reply, and the strength is asking instead of marinating it until you wind up in hell like I did because that's the only thing I would have done differently. My life worked out perfect when I look at it now, but if I had the opportunity to do things differently, I would have spoken up um, as a teenager and and told more teachers and my parents, look, I, I just don't feel good about myself. I hate coming home after getting a D. I hate coming home and seeing all my friends in all these classes with fifty, sixty kids, and I'm in the rooms with five. Um, yeah. I, you know, like how do you, it, it, how do you it get just, that out? of It's destroyed my self-esteem. How do you get that out of somebody? Yeah. You know? Like, how do you get well, it that? Out? I, I think that's also why I'm who here. Here you are. <laughs> I think there's so many, you know, just telling these kids, "Don't be like me," you know. And if you're an adult, a young adult, middle-aged adult, older adult, just knowing that you have these character defects. It's a direct result of you acting out because you have the underlying traumas and unhealing. And it's never too late. It is never too late to address every one of these issues to get the life that you deserve.
0: That's right. It's never too late. It's it's, never too late.
1: I think if someone like Darren speaks to kids or or anyone that's gone through some issue in their life, you want to hear from a person that's gone through something, then, you know, your teacher who says... You know, you shouldn't do drugs or you shouldn't do this, and she's never done any of that. Someone who's done it and been there, that's the best person to hear from, like powerful. And and, and I know I appreciate that. Dr. Drew is a good friend of mine, and I've spoken to him about this too. Like, yeah, it's great hearing it from doctors and whatnot, but I lived it. Yeah. I know the thought process. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, um, you know, again, doctors, people in the medical field, God bless them but you need somebody that friggin' went through it. Yeah. You need somebody where these kids can look at what I've accomplished professionally. And yeah, it, they get enamored by it. And then when I come out and say, Hey, I'm no better than you. This was me. And this does not make me cool. The celebrities and the athletes. What so makes me cool. And what defines me is my journey from the hell of addiction and recovering with my mental health issues and substance abuse problems. And, now I've got the ability to touch the world one day at a time and help save and change lives. That's my legacy.
0: I counted before you came in, because I, I have a mental health issue, I have anxiety really bad, worry mm. work, used yep. to call called worry yep. work. I went to 41 different therapists, 41, because mm-hmm. they walk in, how you doing, Tom, yep. how you, as soon as I That's hear like, how you doing, I'm yep. out. Yeah. The 42nd one came in and excuse my language, what the fuck are you doing wearing that gold chain with that gold watch? How are you gonna start a business like that? I said, you know what? This is my guy. That's
1: your guy. Yeah, I could see Eight that. Eight and a half yeah.
0: years. Wow. Every single Tuesday. I love Tuesday. that. I love that. Because I walked in, and and for the first, I love that. And and for the first month, didn't talk about nothing. You yeah. walk in, oh, you got one gold, you got one gold thing off. You got earrings in. Yeah. He me. I used to wear earrings. Yeah. He goes, How are you gonna to go to a meeting with earrings in? And you know, he would break my balls yeah, about of that. You know? And and I didn't realize it at the time. But that's how he was getting to me.
1: Of course. Because he knew
0: how to angle me. Yep. And he knew, okay, now you got to go to work. You got to yep. go to work. Now Now you got to go to work. You got to take your Yeah. You, know, you got to take it because I'm like, yep. I'm not taking this. I don't need it. Yep. And you got to go to work because you got to be calm. And you yep. know you got to have a meeting. Yep. No earrings. Yep. You know, it always laughs. And he'd say the F word all the time. Yep. And
1: now it always just... You need that too me. sometimes. Yeah. It makes it makes him relatable. It doesn't make you feel like a doctor. It makes you feel mm-hmm. comfortable. It makes him almost feel like you're hanging out with a trusted friend where you can let your hair down let your guard down and be you
0: and then you know he had all these patients down all these patients all day long and he called me and he said did you go to that meeting with an earring in and i couldn't believe it because he was real expensive at the yeah. time like i got you know my mom would help out yeah. i mean cash only per yeah. hour yeah and he would take the time to call me and say did you go to the meeting with that one left earring in and eventually I never went to any meetings with any earrings wow. in, and had an engineering firm and all kinds of stuff.
1: Amazing. You know, I love it. And I love it. Just that one, there's thing. somebody out there for everybody yeah. that, 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 that can, you know, get inside our soul and 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 help guide us to the person that we uh, were always meant to be.
0: And I mean, like Rob said, there's nobody better to talk to than somebody like you one way or another. So if we go to your website and, you know, somebody's really on the edge yep. and they, they heard this and they said, you know what, I'm ready to come out. I have this addiction, this problem. My mind's just not firing right. I don't know what's wrong. H- how can they go on the site and get a hold so,
1: of it? Uh, the, so the, the website is com. They can message us there. And my Instagram is at agent underscore DP. We send out hard copy covers of my book for free. We cover the postage. I, I didn't write the book to make money when it started to make a bunch of money and became an international bestseller in four countries. That's when I was like, I got, I got to open up my, my foundation. This is the time to do it.
0: Yep. Let's go back to the Amazon. And uh, what a book. Amazon bestseller hmm. internationally. hmm uh, I know you got to catch a flight.
1: And our boy Patrick Anino was a huge help with this, uh, by he? the way. Oh, was he? Patrick's my here. buddy, yeah. Well, huge help. Right there. Yep. Yeah, yep. Patrick's
0: my buddy, yeah. Yep. Well, you know, definitely get the book it's a great book i read it from front to back i mean it's just i
1: love that you're old school and read the hardcover yeah oh, I, the hardcover, I can't yeah. do the audiobooks and yeah
0: they're weird man i can't do No, yeah, like i that. want to read i, I you, know, know. you know like in the morning you get the coffee yep. you sit down yep. and you have the newspaper <laughs> the yep. post or whatever newspaper
1: yep. no more but yeah yeah yep. but
0: yeah th- this is really great because like you said this can relate to anybody yep. you don't have to have a problem it's just such an interesting story. Yeah. But you might read that interesting story and tell somebody else, and maybe they have exactly. and then they read it.
1: Well, exactly.
0: And you can get this oh, real, real quick. Just one more thing, Darren. What, what would you say to somebody who is,
1: you know, maybe watching this and they just I don't know if they keep lying to themselves or they keep I don't have an issue, but they know they have an issue. What should they do? Like, it's so hard. Sometimes it's just like it's put off and put off and put off and put off, and, put off and they just keep ignoring it. Uh, that's, that's very common. I mean, that was me, you know, I I just, uh, you got to stop lying to yourself and take an action and and at least give it a shot. At least, uh, you know, just say I'm surrendering. Um, this way isn't working. You got nothing to lose. We say in the 12 step rooms, you know, well, it was refund your misery if it doesn't work, work out. (laughs) So you have absolutely nothing to lose. That makes sense. You know? Yeah. So you don't miss your flight. Here's yep. the deal: I'm gonna
0: let you out, or I'm yep. gonna keep you locked in. But you got to come back a, because a, a I, got lot, I got a lot, lot more questions about the yeah. book. I want, I want you to take me through the actions. Yep. I really like each one of them, one yep. by one. So the deal is, you can catch your flight if you come back. <laughs> yep. Deal.
1: No, uh, deal. Shake on it. Yep.
0: Shake on it. <laughs> Rob, 100%. Rob, you're the witness.
1: We, we got it on camera here. All
0: right. Thank you so much for for your time. We got it, and thank it. you guys. Thank Get that you. book. I'm telling you, it's worth it. It's worth the read. Yeah. And I don't read many books, but I did read this. And I read Machiavelli, too. Thanks, guys. <laughs> but this,
1: you got my word. I'll <laughs> come back. I will fly into West Palm. And my next trip will probably be September, October. We'll do another part of it.
0: I can't wait. I'll see you then. All right. All right. If you have never watched a video feed podcast on Spotify before a settings pop-up box will pop up. Tap on settings, turn data saver off, go back to the episode, hit play. You'll never have to do this